0: Hey, listeners. Hear about the latest trends in the travel industry with the Brand USA Talks Travel Podcast. Right now, listen to special live from IPW interviews featuring U.S. Travel's Jeff Freeman. DMOs are at the heartbeat of U.S. Travel. Liz Bittner from Travel South. A lot of key gateway markets are back. L.A. Tourism's Adam Burke. We all win when we all partner together. Plus, Brand USA's Stacey Melman and Jackie Ennis with international travel trends and Chris Thompson's farewell finale. I'm Mark Flappidis. Join us for Brand USA Talks Travel on your favorite podcast platform. Brand USA Talks Travel.
1: You're listening to the Skift Podcast. On today's episode, Skift's Asia editor, Pinin Doma interviews global tourism reporter, DeWitt Haptameriam, about a series of articles he's written recently for skift.com that detail the plight of U.S. cities, how they are coping, and what they are doing to encourage both domestic and international tourists to return in the wake of The pandemic. You can find all of the articles referenced in this episode, as well as DeWitt's continued reporting on the subject,
0: at skiff.com. Enjoy the conversation.
1: Hi, DeWitt. It's great to be speaking with you and uh, great to be speaking on a market that we in Asia are really interested in, specifically in India. Welcome to the podcast.
2: Yeah, glad to be here. Thank you, Peter.
1: I wanted to ask you about the articles they've written recently uh, on skiff.com, they're strung together by one common theme, and that's the plight of U.S. cities, how they are coping and how this trend is, you know, kind of slowing the overall pandemic recovery. Now, what happens in the U.S. market is of immense interest to us in Asia, and specifically, like I said, in India, where I live, as India has become the U.S.'s second largest international source market behind, I think, uh, UK in May, according to to the U.S. uh, National Travel and Tourism Office. But then, of course, there's this long visa processing time that Indians are experiencing for U.S. visas. And, you know, we recently also carried news that, uh, you know, top U.S. lawmakers have been urging the Biden administration to uh, address the visa wait time issue in India on priority basis. Could you talk about the articles that, you have been working on lately?
2: Yeah, so, I mean, I've covered a particularly good amount of major cities in the U.S. that are very popular with tourists. So essentially what happened, you know, with the pandemic, right? Uh, cities were hit with huge COVID-19 cases. People left worked from home. They left their downtown offices. Tourism numbers dropped. Fast forward, uh, we're here at this point. The downtown workers have not returned to their offices right um and so those people have been slow to come back and that has somewhat hurt the city economically in many ways whether it's you know just tax dollars that support the bit, the bit that supports the city whether that's spending on local uh businesses for example like new york city right very popular destination you know broadway broadway is you know doing okay, but it's missing a good amount of, uh, of the office workers who, who spent a lot of money um, and who spent a lot of time going to the shows after work. So cities are losing a lot of money and time. And at the same time, I guess to go back again during the pandemic period of 2020 to 2022, you know, there were all this unrest happening in cities. There was a spike in public safety issues, right? And those images are still stuck in the minds of a lot of, um, of people who... Are not commuting back into the downtown and largely a lot of the suburban people so what's going on is a lot of cities are just losing a lot of money that should go into supporting the tourist infrastructure that really makes cities so great for tourism Um, as well as not having a strong morale among um the, the locals or the suburbanites who live outside the city who spend a lot of time in the city who used to before the pandemic
1: If I have to go uh, article by article, the first article that I want to discuss is the one which is titled New York City's Post-Pandemic Tourism Recovery, Masks, Long-Term Challenges. In it, you've made several data points that would seem as positive indicators of tourism, that the city was at 85% of pre-pandemic volume last year and expected to make a full recovery probably by next year. And the tourism workforce is also at 85% of pre-pandemic levels. but So what are the long-term challenges that you, uh, your title uh, is hinting at? And what strategies have been implemented to revitalize uh, you know, New York's tourism sector? And uh, talk a little bit about how it's performing in comparison to other cities.
2: Yeah. So uh, New York City, you know, they're recovering faster than a lot of other uh, large cities in America faster than San Francisco, Seattle, Portland, they are doing very fine. Um, They'll be back to their full pandemic level next year. Right? Um, And a big part of that is, you know, uh, European tourists. The big problem though, is that the underpinning stuff that supports New York City that makes it so great for tourists is having, is losing a lot of, I want to say structural things. One big thing is the downtown areas, right? Offices still remain largely, They are not back at their pre-pandemic level. People are working remotely. People used to commute in the city are still working in their, um, their suburbs. People used to commute from Westchester to uh, downtown to work, you know, in jobs like finance, real estate office jobs. Those people spent a lot of money. You know, I think Bloomberg says about $12 billion is being lost in, in worker spending because workers spent money on entertainment, food. They spent time in the city, right? And they're not there as much as they used to be. And that's causing a problem because the city needs that money to support infrastructure like trains, maintenance, as well as pay police officers, services, all that depends on worker spending. So that's gonna hurt long-term wise. That may hurt the city's ability to just make it a great tourist destination down the road. Another big part is that there's a perception, you know, that see, the city's not safe as it used to be among suburbanites, right? They're getting a lot of the local news. They saw a lot of news during the pandemic of somewhat unrest and they see videos repeatedly imagery of like crime, you know, and that's somewhat scaring them from coming back a little bit. That image is still lingering in the public mind and in, in, in their minds, not so much internationally, but domestically, it's, it's still somewhat there other things I mentioned was about the local morale, right? So a lot of locals feel the city is going in a negative direction. And the two big things were affordability and public safety. I think it was 70% of them said they were, they were, felt negative about it. And a lot of that is due to them seeing a lot of, potential, a lot of crime on the news or maybe near them or seeing homelessness and whatnot. And, that, and that's not good for city morale because you want your locals to promote your destination. You want them to tell people, hey. It's a great city to come in, come visit it, come enjoy it. You want your locals to help sell your city. They are somewhat, they are ambassadors to your destination. So yeah, these are definitely problems that he has, is trying to deal with. They've had campaigns, for example. They had a funny, I guess not say funny, but a very creative one that played off I Love New York, very famous slogan, very famous image that we all know of with the I, heart, and why. They're trying to tell people to say, you know, we love New York City is what they played off there. And it was meant to just inspire civic pride and get people to feel happy and excited about their city again. I would probably say a big thing is also just to host more events, more activities, people keep coming in, they'll begin to see the city's not what it looks like on negative news outlets.
1: So, so are you saying that a lot of the safety is to do with uh, news items? Or do you think that uh, there, uh, You know, the tourism uh, administration and the New York administration should be doing something to kind of instill confidence among people saying that the city is safe enough. And of course, the I love New York is a great theme. It's been there for quite some time. And, and even Philippines, you know, recently, after 11 years, they decided to revamp their tourism campaign. It's more fun in the Philippines. It has now become love the Philippines. So I think the love factor is very big when it comes to tourism campaigns. So could you also talk a little bit about uh, the safety thing? Because safety is something that's really important.
2: I mean, when I talk to New York with the tour guides or tourism officials or or whatnot, the concerns about safety are mostly a domestic thing, right? I mean, they would argue it's overblown, the misperception and what's going on local news outlets will, news outlets or even social media people too, they'll spread it. I've heard people say, not from the tourism officials of New York, but just in general from other cities, that there's this keyboard warrior thing where people who've not been to the city will talk bad about it. They'll find a a video or a news story and just promote it and push it on on large Twitter accounts, large social media, or news outlets for a focus on it. But the reality is that the city is actually, it's pretty much a safe place to be, but that image is just still stuck in people's minds right and people are still thinking about what happened a few years ago so the point is when people come here they're surprised how the city was safe the issue is you got to get them to come here and see it for themselves and not believe what they're being told by outsiders who don't really have not been here or don't know it or who were who have not been here uh, since the pandemic so that that's been the the big drive when it comes to the safety problem um, is to remind people just come and see it for yourself. And I've seen that theme with other cities, too, is to say, we are fine. We're great. Just come here and visit. You'll see it for yourself.
1: Yeah, that's an interesting uh, point, it. Uh, the next article that I wanted to discuss with you and that I found was really interesting, especially for, uh, you know, for a company like us, which is completely remote about the fact that major cities are valuing tourism more as uh, office vacancies remain uh, high. So obviously this real estate uh, crisis represents an issue, but your article, uh, you know, in your article, you seem to say that this might actually represent an opportunity for the tourism industry. You're saying that tourists are making up for some of the worker spending gaps. So, uh, you know, how are cities adapting to the changing dynamics of uh, remote work and the resulting uh, vacancy rates in offices? And what are the strategies that they're employing to attract tourists and, of course, fill the spending gap left by workers?
2: Yeah. So what's interesting, you know, as downtown areas, right, they, they are usually the prime location for business activity, for tourists, for everything. Right. So what's going on, for example, in New York City, right? a lot of the tourist spending is making up for the loss of worker spending that I mentioned earlier. Office workers who aren't coming into town to spend as much on food, restaurants, entertainment, that's being made up by tourists, right? They're somewhat filling that gap for sure, right? I mean, it's not the gap, they're filling the gap, but there's still a gap there, right? But another interesting part also is that a lot of these uh, office workers, the ones who live actually in major cities like SF, San Francisco, you know, um, New York, Chicago, right. They are staying in their neighborhoods to work remotely, but they are spending their time and money in their local neighborhood more than they did before. Right. So if you're, if you're, you used to do nine to five, you know, say in downtown, now you're doing it in your neighborhood. So what's happening is you're spending your time and money on local businesses, hanging out at coffee shops, doing other activities, you know, that you would not have done if you were at your office. So what's going on is that it's encouraging more business investment, businesses to open up, they're they're making more money, they're coming up with new ideas to service these new at home workers, right? So these become somewhat more lively neighborhoods, they get more energy, more people hanging around, shopping, doing activities, and that looks very good for for, for tourism. You know, one, you get new uh, hidden gems, new assets to promote, and you also um, get new services, and you also get that energy that people want to see when they're a tourist. When you're a tourist, you want to see a lively atmosphere. So these are opportunities for for uh, cities to promote. They can say, hey, you know, our downtown, we're still having businesses. Some of them are closing down. They aren't where they used to be. But you can hang out in our neighborhoods that are hidden gems, right? That That are not the local tourist attraction that everyone knows of, but they have fun things you've never done before, things you can do. For example, uh, San Francisco, right? Their downtown has had a rough time with, you know, the hotel closures and the businesses leaving, but they've had neighborhoods like, uh, I believe it was like North Beach that are opening up, you know, nice Italian restaurants, new activities. So these are new new tourism assets. And so I was saying that these are places that you can promote and, and, and push toward tourists to see, to help not only support your city, but also make your destination even more diversified of what it can offer. <laughs>
0: stiff listeners hear about the latest trends in the travel industry with the brand usa talks travel podcast right now listen to special live from ipw interviews featuring u.s travel's jeff freeman dmos are at the heartbeat of u.s travel liz bittner from travel south a lot of key gateway markets are back la tourism's adam burke we all win when we all partner together plus brand usa stacy melman and jackie ennis with international travel trends and chris thompson's farewell finale i'm mark Flapitas. join us for brand usa talks travel on your favorite podcast platform
1: brand usa talks travel since we are concentrating a lot on cities and we've been discussing a lot about cities and how cities can uh, encourage more people to uh, travel and uh we're discussing hidden gems uh you know i want to talk to you also about uh sub-urbanites, you know and how their relationship with cities is impacting tourism. First of all, just uh, explain the phenomenon a little.
2: Yeah, so it was inspired by what happened with Portland, right? So that Portland did a survey. They had, they had a survey in 2017 and they did another one in 2023 to assess how do people feel about the city. And they, entered, they uh, surveyed people uh, in the city and in the suburbs and they found that there was an actual decrease the amount of people who would recommend their, uh, Portland to friends and relatives, right. It was about, I think it was over 80%, like 81% in 2017 and had dropped to I think like 64 or 63. Right. And that a big part of that drop had come from the suburbanites. Right. And what's even more interesting is that the percentage of people who will discourage, right, had gone up from about, from 2017, it was 8% to about 24% in 2023. So a a good amount of people are telling or discouraging their friends and relatives to visit Portland. Right. And that's been a phenomenon that's that I've heard happening with other cities like Chicago. Right. A lot of these people who, you know, who live in the suburbs, who worked in the downtowns, other major cities, right. They no longer have to because of the remote work or so they're not spending as much time in the office in the downtown area. And then at the same time, you know, they were hit with all this negative news of, pro- of the protests that someone could get on, they had an unrest or issues, or they're, they're getting all these negative images of just destruction and, and like property damage and urban decay. So, and that image is getting stuck in their head, but the thing is they aren't visiting as much. So they don't know how things actually are. So what's been going on is that Los urbanites just assume their cities aren't what they used to be, right? And they aren't going back. And it's hitting Chicago, you know, New York. L.A., Minneapolis, right? So what's going on Los Urbanites are not encouraging or not being ambassadors. In some cases, they're actually being, they're discouraging um, people from visiting their, 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 their local cities.
1: It's interesting that you say that you know, suburbanites have a certain image about a city. And even though they're not visiting it, you know, there's no way that they, you can change them until and unless they visit the city an ap article says that you know while it's true that you know the crimes in uh, new york city uh, rose last year compared to 2021 but they've said that the crime levels right now are significantly lower compared to three decades ago and that the current levels are more comparable to when new york was uh, you know called one of america's safest so I guess it's also a perception about the fact that the certain perception that they have about the city, but to it, how can destination marketing organizations tackle this challenge of changing their negative perceptions of uh, nearby cities? Because uh, you know clearly this, this is discouraging travel and um, of course they are expressing concerns about safety as well.
2: Yeah, I mean, I would say bring in Taylor Swift. I mean, uh, like, i uh, uh, <laughs> joking, but yeah, having major events, right? So cities are, are getting back major uh, events, like Taylor Swift concert, right? Chicago had a mass amount of people from the suburbs all over the country coming into the city, you know, and just staying over the night and seeing it for themselves. One of the big things that when I spoke with the Chicago's, Choose Chicago CEO was the Taylor Swift concert, you know, was meant to just show people that we still got it. The city is fun. It's uh, active. It's safe having these big events that people have, that people want to go to, getting people who are on, the, on their couch watching negative news. And then you have this big event that they can't resist. They'll go, they'll see the city they'll, they'll hang out there and see that it's not what it looks like on their news outlets. And I will also say another big thing that Portland is trying is to just double down on their local residents. So as I mentioned earlier, right, the survey found that the negative perception was most strong with the suburbanites. The locals, though, love their city, right, in Portland. You want to have your locals, you want to help promote them, whether it's on social media, get them talking more um, to, to the news outlets or, 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 or give, uh, showcasing them, you know, in, your, in your, whatever way you can. They are the ones who are, will be out and about telling people, come on over. It's different if you have, like, a tourism bureau or a government official saying it, but if you have a local resident who's not getting paid to say it, it'll, it'll go a long way.
1: So basically you're saying that large-scale events can be leveraged to showcase a city's vibrancy and also showcase the entertainment options. So perhaps they can do something with Barbie this time, since everyone is going crazy about Barbie right now.
2: Yeah, Yeah. totally. totally. (laughs) I I was going to add, I think as more people are pulled back into the office, right? Some businesses are are requiring their employees to spend more time in the office two to three days a week. Some are mandating five days a week. As that trend continues... You know, if that trend continues, it may never go back to what it was pre-pandemic. But as that trend continues, more suburbanites will see it for themselves. The cities are, are great places to be still. They still got it. right? So that will also probably drive things along as well.
1: I hope some destination marketing organizations are listening to this and working towards it. Uh, well, it, thank you so much for taking the time to speak to me about this developing story And, uh, you know, there was so much that, of course, I read the articles and I learned a lot. And speaking with you, I learned more. So it it was it was very enlightening for me as well. And uh, I'm sure people in India would also love to know about what's happening uh, in the U.S. and try to model that here as well, because we are facing the same issues uh, that the U.S. is.
2: I just want to add, you know, I mean, Indian visitors are, you know, are are, are definitely, um, uh, you know, such a, a big market. I, I we said earlier about their their importance. They're just growing in importance. I, something I, I also learned. I, I don't mm-hmm. know if you got a chance to uh, uh, check this out, but you know, San Francisco, right? Like they're looking to India as like their um, yes. major national market to recover, right? Yes, like, yes.
1: Um,
2: and they've had tough issues regarding public safety images. You know, negative yeah. perception about the city's not what it used to be with homelessness, crime, and, and whatnot, right? But from what I hear from international tour operators, as well as tourism officials, they say that Indian visitors are just, they are not deterred by anything. They are a huge vital market for a lot of the urban destinations Mm -hmm. at the moment.
1: Yes, yes, it is. I I mean, like uh, India has a huge visiting friends and relatives. And of course, uh, you know, Indian students are number two source market for uh, U.S. universities. So yes, that's a, that's a huge market. And this market would also be interested to know what's happening in the US. And of course, the safety point is something that's really important that everyone wants to uh, know about. Thank you so much, Druid, for um, everything that you've talked about today. A reminder to our listeners that they can find all the articles that we've talked about today, as well as Druid's continuing coverage of the recovery of US cities at skiff.com. Thanks again, Druid. It was great talking to you.
2: Great chatting with you too. Thanks. This has been the Skift Podcast. Thank you for listening.